Welcome to the Womology Podcast. This is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature, reconnect with your innate body wisdom and sovereignty, and transform your health. I'm Dana Drejos, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the Womology Podcast. It's Dana here, and I have an awesome guest for you today. Courtney Titus is an intimacy and holistic health coach. She has trained with some of the top intimacy coaches in the industry and helps men and women get tuned into their bodies and turned on to live their most liberated and pleasurable lives. She specializes in women's health, masculine feminine dynamics, nonviolent communication, and sacred sexuality. Courtney has helped her clients heal their relationships to their bodies, connect deeper to their cycles, speak their truth, and own their deepest desires. We covered so much ground in this episode. If you are someone who has struggled to attract good, healthy men and to have secure, non-toxic relationships, this episode will be a really great one for you. We talked about how reconnecting with your womb and cycle actually helps you improve your dating life and relationships. We discuss what it looks like to be operating from a healthy feminine energy versus a wounded feminine energy and how that could be impacting your relationships. And really the importance of slowing down in your life and speaking your truth as ways to heal your feminine energy. We also got into what is wrong with the feminist movement and how it's kind of keeping us in these wounded energies and so much more. Before we dive into this episode, I want to share that I am relaunching my email newsletter. I used to have one and I totally ghosted it for a year because life got crazy But now, if you go to the link in my Instagram bio, at womb.ology, you can sign up for the newsletter. I'll be sending out two emails a month, one on the new moon and one on the full moon. And these will include some wisdom, some intuitive downloads from my life, cycle singing tips and recommendations of my favorite products when it comes to all things womb health and healing. You'll also be the first to know about any offers and services I'm putting out in the future. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much for being here and feel free to introduce yourself a bit. Thank you, Dana. Yeah, so I'm Courtney Titus. I've been a holistic health coach for the last 10 years. My journey moved through gastroenterology to women's health to functional medicine and kind of a lot of different places in between. And in the last four years, I got into relationships and intimacy on my own healing journey from a toxic relationship. And I learned so much about myself and my patterns and just like what I was calling in and why that was such a direct reflection of where I was at. And it was really powerful for me. And so right now I work on marrying those two worlds because I think relationships are the foundation of our wellness, our relationship to ourselves, and our relationship uh, to our bodies and to other people. 
So that's where I'm currently at right now. Love it. And where are you at in your cycle right now, Courtney? And how are you kind of being and experiencing that phase? I'm about six days out from my bleed. And usually in my luteal, I really slow down, right? And I listen to my body in terms of I walk every morning. Um, and today I did feel an urge to work out. So I listened to that, but I kept it really light and slow. And um, I don't drink alcohol during this phase or really at all ever, actually. Um, and then I really reduced my caffeine. And I had to take a nap before this podcast. <laughs> I was like, I really need a nap right now. And so just honoring that and always focusing on cooked food um, mm-hmm. is really important for me. And my Yep. Yeah. Love, <laughs> love a good luteal nap. Those are my yeah, favorite. <laughs> for sure. So good. Awesome. So you mentioned, Courtney, about a toxic relationship in your past. I would love to hear about you know, what your past dating and relationship experiences looked like before you started really tuning into your body and becoming intimate with yourself and consciously healing your energy? Like, how did you express wounded feminine or masculine energy in your relationships? And we'll also define what those mean later, I'm sure. But um, I just want to get the juice of your story. Oof, this could be the whole episode. Um, let's see. I would say before my awakening. So I had an awakening on October 13th, 2019. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but that's just the pivotal moment where everything shifted for me. And I think, um, I'm actually in a program right now where I'm doing a chronological timeline from, Mm. from youth until adulthood of every situation every crush, every relationship I've had. And wow. it's really confronting. So <laughs> this is a perfect time to talk about this. But before all this, I really was coming from an energy of lack and like someone saved me, right? Like I can't do life on my own. Um, I need someone to complete me. And it was like every second of my life was like, see the one? You see the one? Is that mm-hmm. the one? Is I would go on dates with this energy of just like so much pressure. I'm like, oh my God, are they my husband? Are they taking are they taking these boxes? Like, and then simultaneously like wanting partnership, but also being a wild child. So like drinking a lot and partying a lot and like seeking attention, but getting attention that obviously fueled me in the moment, but didn't feel me long term. And that's kind of how I functioned for a while. I would say when I started dating from like 16 until like 26 and then I, I called in a partner who we were together for seven years lived together for five uh, moved across the country for him from Connecticut to California or with him and I just started to see things shift a lot when we started living together mm-hmm. right it's kind of like he like pulled me in the first year was amazing on <laughs> trips and gifts and you know all of these things which I now know as love bombing <laughs> mm-hmm. And didn't really realize because I was like, oh, this is the fantasy that I want. Like, I want someone to fulfill this. And there was all these promises of like, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, and it kind of like hooked me. Right. Mm-hmm. And Dude, where do you think those fantasies come from? Because I feel like so many women, myself included, have those. 
Disney. Thanks, yeah. Disney. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's like since we're little girls, it's kind of like your goal in life is to find a husband. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't really focused on women's careers and other things that they would be passionate about. It's like and and the back side of that is like primarily we are wired to reproduce and to have that, right? But I think what happened with Disney and um, other movies and, and rom-coms and stuff is it's like this knight in shining armor is going to come and save you from everything. And once he is here, life's going to be perfect and you have nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Then, in fact, the opposite is true. When your true partner comes to you, you're going to be confronted and mirrored. And it's going to be a wild roller coaster for a little while as you're navigating all that. Right. Because everyone that comes into our life is a mirror for us. Mm-hmm. And so I really think it started with Disney, started with rom-coms. And then we look at like uh, TV shows. Like there's always this like it's every show about women. It's like this infatuation with a man yeah. and how are we going to get him and how can we how can we get him? Right? Yeah. Is always the underlining theme. And it's like we never just teach women to just fully be themselves. Mm-hmm. To fully be in flow, be in your feminine and attract versus grasp and chase and run after and create this fantasy in your mind. Like, I remember, I mean, I still might do this once in a while, but like being on a first date and being like, oh, what was his last name sound like with mine? And like, you think about like, <laughs> you start, you start marrying him before you meet him. Yeah. <laughs> And I think also, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but like swipe culture, right? Dating apps perpetuates this even more because we're just going by physical. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole rabbit hole. But I would say Disney definitely perpetuated it the most. Like every Disney princess was saved in mm-hmm. some way. And afterwards it was like, ah, we're great. You yeah. know, life is good yeah. now. I have everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's not actually true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to your story. I kind of. No, that's okay. The past. So <laughs> that's okay. So so there was like this love bombing and then we moved in together and, and he started changing and things started changing. And I don't want to get into that, you know, the details of all that. But um, I just started feeling like I I was so in my masculine, right? And I didn't realize this till after and I started learning what that meant. Mm-hmm. But like I was working full time. I was paying the bills. I was going to school for functional medicine at this time. I was like hustle, hustle, hustle. I was working out every day. I was not in tune with my cycle. I wasn't on birth control, which was good, but I was not in tune with my cycle. And I was constantly tired. I became anemic. Um, I went fat-free, plant-based, vegan based on this diet that I was working for Whole Foods, actually. Mm. Became so depleted. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. I'm eating right. I'm exercising. I'm hiking. I'm getting sunshine. I'm with my friends. I have a boyfriend. Like, I'm cooking all my own food, like, but nothing felt good. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, I went to a, a period event in LA and I met this woman, Katie, and there was a lot of synchronicities with us. We went to the same college in New Jersey and she invited me hiking one day. And on this hike, she was telling me about her relationship, her marriage. And it's literally like something just like lightning hit me. And I was like, holy shit, this is my life too. (laughs) Like the same things, like he came there to be an entertainment and he wasn't actually pursuing that and she was paying all the bills and he was telling her she wasn't doing enough. And I was like, 
my whole life got mirrored in front of me by this mm-hmm. random stranger I met at a period event. Wow. So my womb literally saved me. <laughs> right. I love it. And I remember being on top of this mountain in Palm Springs. And I was like, I don't want any of this anymore. I don't like everything I created in my head is so different than what I'm actually living. Mm-hmm. And I went home that day and my boyfriend at the time was like, what, you know, your energy shifted, what's going on with you? And I was like, I can't do this. And in that moment, he shut down, stopped telling me he loved me, stopped calling me babe, stopped talking to me. And we still live together. Wow. And so it was very traumatic. And it, I went through this period of just like, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I here? And I, I just had this gut instinct of like, you got to leave as soon as possible. And so I moved out like, it was a lot that I had to learn apparently because I, I lingered a little bit. I mean, when you live with someone, you have to untangle, right? There's a lot to untangle. Um, I moved out and then COVID hit. And it was perfect timing for me. I'm actually thankful for COVID because it gave me space to look at all my shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't, I got like part-time laid off and I was like, whole. Oh, I was like living with a roommate who was going through a separation too. And we had each other to like lean on. But this is a very powerful time where I was like, okay, I can either be the victim of my circumstances here. There's a lot of mental abuse, a lot of different stuff going on, or I could be the victor. And what does that look like for me? And I started diving into self-healing. And as soon as I said that I needed support, I was the girl who was like, I don't need nobody. Mm-hmm. I'm independent. Like, I can do this. As soon as I said, like, dear God, I, I need somebody to help me here. All of these healers showed up for me. I met a psych kinesiologist to help me with subconscious reprogramming. I met a shaman. I met a spiritual guide that really helped me. I was introduced to this book uh, called Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. All of these things just opened up for me. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, my truth is my own medicine. And when I own that I'm not okay and that I need help, the path opened. There were so many other things that I could talk about within that. But I then like, I started studying women's health and hormones like in the midst of all that. Like I said, I got ovarian cysts and I uh, became a part of this group in LA called the Menstruati. And there was like all of us in women's health. And it was this beautiful experience. But I, I realized like I was learning this stuff, but I wasn't actually integrating mm-hmm. until I hit rock bottom. And I was like, I need to get in tune with my body. Um, I need to really like start looking at like patterns how I'm functioning because it's not serving me. And that now relationship was three and a half years ago. And it's been like a complete shift since then in terms of who I am and how I show up in the world and how I treat myself um, and nourishing my mind, body, and soul, which I hadn't actually, I thought I was doing based Mm -hmm. on standards of wellness and athleticism and in the world, right? I was like, oh, I'm doing the things, but I felt like shit. And so now it's like, I'm doing what feels good for me. I'm listening. My diet's completely different. My lifestyle is completely different. And yeah, that's pretty much what brought me to this moment today. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I resonate so much with everything (laughs) you were saying. Um, Especially like, yeah, the health journey, the vegan journey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of the things. So you mentioned the term love bombing. I want to uh, just define that for people if they don't know. So 
Um, and, and this word is thrown out a lot, but like narcissistic personality disorder is something that is kind of running rampant in, in the world of dating. And people are kind of just labeling everyone a narcissist, right? Mm-hmm. We all have narcissistic right? But there's certain signs and like, I'm not a professional on this, so I don't want to go too far into it. But for me, it was like the first year was amazing. Like going here, going there, buying me things, like really showing me all of this. And then once he like had me hooked, it just stopped. And I would be like, oh, well, the first year was so good. Yeah. Oh, the first year was so good. Right. So it's just this time of like, they're really overdoing it and over like with lavish things to kind of hook you so that you stay in the fantasy that they're creating. Mm-hmm. And then when I like, it didn't actually wake up from that for a couple of years, but I kept going back to, like, oh, if it was like this at one point, it can stay, it can still be like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't. And so much changed. And then yeah, and then it's kind of like they it, you hook they hook you in like that, and then they start like slowly showing you who they are, and then you're like, oh, I see this as a repeated thing. But then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. Oh, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And it's like this little things here that keep you hooked. Yeah, it's really scary, actually. So it's just something to be aware of when you are dating. Like if someone tells you they love you, like on the second date, right? Like we kind of all know this, but we also, some of us so desperately want to hear that, mm-hmm. that we believe it. Mm-hmm. And so just something, yeah, it's something to be aware of, but it's like this overly, like, overdoing it. And, yeah. and you can feel it. It doesn't feel, it's not like genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how do you feel that connecting with your womb and your cycle has helped you? if at all, in kind of discerning between someone that is like a green flag, like good for you energy and someone who like, oh, that might be narcissistic energy. Um, Because I know at least for me, like tuning into my cycle has helped me strengthen my intuition and my instinct and just being able to like hear the messages and and, like feel the signs from my body more. Um, Did you find that to be the case? So I think overall, when when I got into these, like when I was in these toxic patterns of people, it I was like living life a thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I was doing, 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 going, 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 pushing, 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 grasping, chasing. And when I finally got the space to relax and connect more with my my room and my body, it was like, slow down, like listen to me. Right. And I feel like a lot of it was like I was programmed to listen to everybody else about what's best for my body. Right. Like being vegan and and all these things. And I'm like, but this doesn't feel good. When I was vegan, I was craving meat like crazy. And in my head so much of like, this isn't what I'm supposed to want. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a second. My body is so smart. My womb is so smart. Like it knows. And I started eating intuitively. Like, oh, like I was like, oh, I'm dairy free and I'm gluten free. And like, I was so, so restricting myself. And then I was like, but my body's craving this stuff. So it must know that that's what it needs. Right. And really allowing myself to slow down and give space to like the intelligence of myself was the biggest part of all that. And then I actually went celibate after my last 
after my relationship for a really long time. I think it was like almost 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the time I want to reconnect with myself. And in my intimacy journey with um, hiring coaches around that, we learned a lot about self-pleasure practices. Mm-hmm. And look, like I would use self-pleasure, right, to just get off when I needed to, if I didn't have a partner or whatever. But that also invited me to slow down. Like, be with my pussy. Can I say that on here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, be with my pussy, be with my body, and really tune into, like, what does she need? What does she want? What does that look like? And I started taking more baths, and I started exercising, like, based on, you know, my cycle. And, like, if I'm tired, I do take a walk or do a little yoga. I don't force myself to lift heavy the way I used to. And so I would say, like, tuning into that helped me build trust with myself. Mm -hmm. And I think when we've gone through traumatic situations or we've had, you know, wounding around the masculine, we are, like, lacking trust within ourselves and really focusing on dating myself, building that relationship, like, showing up for myself how I would want a lover to show up for me Mm -hmm. and honoring those different faces. Um, and what that looks like in different phases mm-hmm. really helped me to drop in. Absolutely. So I feel like when um, people hear about like masculine and feminine energy and this talk about like, for example, how you were in this doing, 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 like go, go, go mode, some people might think like, well, what's wrong with that? Like, I I want to excel in my career and I want to like have it on. I want to be fit and be healthy and all the things. Um, so I don't know. What would you say to that in terms of like the value of balancing masculine? And, and maybe we should define first, like, yeah, let's actually define um, what does it look like when a woman is in her like healthy feminine energy versus a wounded energy. Yeah. So a woman in her healthy feminine is owning her truth, right? She has boundaries. She takes care of her body. She takes care of her mind. She invests in her growth and getting support. She asks for help and she's open to receiving it. Be there. Mm-hmm. Um, she really is surrendered. Like she takes a line action toward goals, but she's surrendered to outcome. She has a sisterhood who supports her and who she can lean on. Um, and she's in connection with her pussy. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. She really honors the flow and the ebbs and flows of her, of her cycle and her life and doesn't expect herself to show up the same way every single Mm-hmm. So I would say that's like the aligned feminine. She's really intuitive, um, highly intuitive and listens to that whisper that we're all told, you know, that we don't often listen to. Yeah. And then the wounded feminine can be very manipulative. She lacks boundaries. She plays victim a lot. And this isn't to say there's certain circumstances in life, obviously, where women are truly victim, right? Mm-hmm. That we're not taking away from that. But it's also our responsibility to heal from things that cause us trauma mm-hmm. in order for us to move forward with them. So I just want to preset with that. Yeah. Um, she tries to control. And she tries to control because she doesn't trust. Um, she talks shit about men mm-hmm. and blames them, 
allowed us her pain. Mm-hmm. Um, she, let's see, she's constantly focused on doing more, having more. And she doesn't really, she's not in alignment with being ever. Um, so constantly achieving, um, finds productivity through, or finds her worth through productivity. Mm-hmm. And like you can use her body to be manipulative, mm-hmm. like using sex and using things to get what she wants from a masculine. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, when we say getting into your aligned feminine energy or just being feminine, it doesn't mean like just, you know, letting the man do everything and like no. not, you know, doing anything in your life, like giving up your career or things like that, um, if that's not what you want to do. But yeah, it's more so leaning into the the strengths that are within the feminine energy, mm-hmm. which isn't usually, you know, recognized in society as strengths. But Right. Yeah. And I think not to get too much into like politics, but the, the patriarchy set the tone for a, a male's uh, hormonal cycle is 24 hours, right? As the females is 28 to 32 days ish or whatever. So we want to really look at like, we've set up our society to help the masculine energy of it thrive. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we want to go all the way here right now, but the feminist movement also perpetuated some of these things to go on. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Where, I, so I say that I'm uh, here for revival of feminine energy and I don't stand for the feminist movement. And I know that's really edgy for a lot of people because I work with women and women's health. And I think with that movement, it's taken away the safety of allowing women to uh, have the choice of staying home and raising a family and wanting to like, and cooking all their own food and, and creating like a homestead while their masculine partner, who is primal um, urgent or primal uh, necessities are to protect and provide, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've, that's gotten taken away from because now as women, like with higher t- taxes and all this stuff going on, we're kind of forced into the workforce. And we can't spend the time that we want with our children. We aren't showing up for our partners and how we want to. And it's perpetuating this competition, which is like women who are, it's not to say that you can't be a go-getter. It's not to say that you can't run a business or be a CEO, but it's also like when you come home from that role, like how are you softening? How are you nurturing your partner and your kids and yourself? Like, how are you bringing the softness of the feminine and the intuition of the feminine into your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening right now is like, we want to have equal pay and and we want equal choices. I don't want to be a man. I don't don't actually want to work 50 to 60 hours (laughs) a week. I don't want to hustle like that. That's not in my natural essence to do that, right? And so we're coming to a crossroads right now where more women are are wanting to call in these masculine partners who are going to protect and provide in various ways. And more women are wanting to stay home as a choice and protect and, I mean, um, and take care of and nurture a home and a family. So I think seeing these dynamics play out right now is is really, it's a wild time to have this conversation. 
and really okay. seeing that it's all shifting back again. And I think it's for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I feel like so often in history, things like swing all the way to like one side and then they mm-hmm. swing all the way to the other to like overcorrect. And then it kind of like comes into the middle, like homeostasis. Right. So right. I feel like that's what's happening right now. Like, like right. before there were like no rights for women and that sucked. So right. And there was this like overcorrection of like, we want all the rights. We want to be totally equal to men, which is like not possible. Right. <laughs> like never, physically not possible. <laughs> never going to be equal. And now things are like coming back to like, wait, maybe, yeah, like we we definitely can have rights obviously and like we right. want to be treated as equal but like in certain in certain instances like we do want to lean more into and we want our feminine qualities to be valued in society like seen right. as actually worthy and valuable um and for our cycles to be you know taken honored. into yeah honored and taken into consideration i don't uh, know if you've heard of this Dana, but there's this so there's certain cultures that when their women bleed, they call it the red tent, right? And they mm-hmm. bring them into a community together. Yeah. And the women have, you have so much intuition and wisdom when you're bleeding, right? And because you're so tapped into yourself and your room, and which is connected to everything else. And they would honor the women in that way. And then the women would then bring back their intuitive downloads to the leaders of the society Right. In order to see where they should move forward next as a collective. And it's like, how beautiful is mm-hmm. like that's like marrying these two worlds yeah. together of like honoring the feminine intuition while also needing the masculine structure and logistics and everything that the healthy masculine brings to the table. And I just want to reset this or go back for two seconds around the feminist energy and the uh, feminine energy and the feminist movement is one is kind of like fuck you men mm-hmm. right like this is men are toxic masculine's toxic and one is like well if we just embrace our natural essence we're gonna rise they're gonna rise as well yeah so i just want to make that differentiation for anyone who's gonna get triggered about me talking about the feminist <laughs> <laughs> totally i i feel like my listeners will get it to be honest yeah. okay great yeah um Yeah, to your point, I feel like the more I have leaned into my cycle and honoring my period and everything, like the masculine around me appreciates that so much. Mm -hmm. Like it's a relief for them. They're like, oh, yes. Like, oh my gosh, more women need to know about this and like do this. Right. Yeah. And I'm actually teaching a masterclass in a couple of weeks about menstruation for men so that they can better understand how to support. And um, also, like, there's certain key moments. Like, if your man came to you on your period and was like, this is what I need. These are my desires. You're like, I do not have the capacity to show up for you in any way right now. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So understanding the cycle can also help them Mm -hmm. in relationship and getting their needs met. So yeah, it's a beautiful dance, and it's, I love that. It's something that we don't talk about. Yeah, I feel like it's truly a nutrient, like similar to. I mean, we need nutritious food to live. We need air to breathe. We need 
um, sunshine and like connection and everything, just as much as the masculine needs this nutrient of like being able to provide and protect and the woman needs this nutrient of like being able to nurture and mm-hmm. and be soft and be intuitive it's just like it's just like breathing like we just need right. <laughs> yeah it, it's so true and and if i look back on my life there's certain moments where i'm really like oh my god i feel like i need to birch something like i feel like something is literally like moving through me and and for me, I haven't had a child yet, um, but it's like, it's always like a new idea or like a new program comes through or something. And like constantly, we're constantly birthing things yeah, and then nurturing them and, and um, helping them grow. And I think the statement of like a man builds a house and a woman makes it a home is so on, right? Mm-hmm. Because we bring the deepness, we bring the softness, we bring the flow to them. When they're so like goal oriented, structured, but what's the next thing? And we help each other heal. And I think a lot of us have been wounded by the opposite, right? But we also come in partnership to help each other heal that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you think about what happens when a woman is not able to do that, like not able to create whatever, um, what happens? She's burnt out right? Mm -hmm. Like if she's in that cycle of do, do, do and like hustle, she probably feels really burnt out physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted um, without that ability to rest. And a man like who can't provide and protect, I feel like they feel depressed and anxious. Yes. A man without a purpose is led astray. And yeah, a woman who doesn't have something that she really feels passionate about nurturing, that really leads to burnout. And, and then we see a lot of hormonal imbalances and autoimmune concerns and all of this as a result of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we all have both feminine and masculine energies mm-hmm. within us, right? So yeah. I'm wondering, like, what does it look like if a woman has like a wounded masculine energy, is that a thing? So the wounded masculine would be like controlling, manipulative, can't trust, um, doesn't like, doesn't know how to surrender, mm-hmm. right? Is constantly going, mm-hmm. right? Because that's like what we're taught is like, if we're not productive, we're unworthy. If we're not productive, then we're wasting time. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it shows up. And like I was kind of saying in my intro of or my story is like, I was doing it all. I was doing it all. And I kept feeling like if I, I do more, then I'll get more. Mm-hmm. You know, if I do more, then I'll be seen in my relationship better. If I do more, he'll love me differently. If I do more, um, then I will have what I want from this. And I think what happens is when we are in that energy of the wounded masculine as women, we try to out-masculine our men because we try to control what we don't trust. This was like the basics of my mm-hmm. entire relationship is we try to control what we don't trust. That is such a wisdom bomb. <laughs> yeah. And so really looking at where are you grasping in your life? Where are you constantly like chasing and striving? I realized in this chronological timeline I'm doing that I was always the pursuer. 
mm-hmm. in a lot of my relationships. Mm-hmm. I was the one that like, you're going to be mine. Like I was like grasping these things, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how the, the woman wounded shaman, uh, the wounded masculine shows up in like overdoing, overproducing, um, and constantly pushing yourself to the grind. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you don't want to have goals and you don't want to be successful, right? But it's like, how are you going about doing it? Mm-hmm. And how do you feel at the end of the day? Like, Right. Yeah. You know, do you like, feel nourished or do you feel depleted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are you doing it in alignment with your cycle? And I feel like, yeah, I used to be that person too of all of my worth and value was based on how much I'm producing, how much I'm achieving, how many like things I checked off on my to-do list mm-hmm. today. I remember the day that I was like, I'm like I had to force myself to just do nothing productive for a whole day. Yeah. And I was like having a meltdown. Like right. I right. was like freaking out to just sit with the reality of like, oh my gosh, I I don't see myself as worthy unless I am, you know, producing or providing something to society. Um, but even that, like that's the way that the patriarchy and like capitalism has defined mm. providing something to society as like literally, you know, working on something, doing something. Um, but resting is just as important a part of that process for sure as the doing. Um, and I feel like for me, leaning more into my cycle, meaning when I am on my bleed, I make sure to take those extra naps and mm-hmm. have like just more gentle walks, more gentle movement, more time for rest. I'm able to like, I have so much more energy to put into the work in, mm-hmm. you know, the follicular and ovulation parts of my cycle. And right. I'm finding that like overall, when I zoom out and look at the whole month, I'm still getting as much done as before, but now there's mm-hmm. rest worked in i might even be getting more done than before actually Uh you know yeah because now i have like a full-time job that i have a full-time job and then i'm like doing the podcast on the side doing all these other like side hustles and i'm like wow i used to also before have a full-time job and side hustles but i never rested and i was sick Mm -hmm. all the time i would just like completely burn out i would literally get ill Right and now, I'm still doing it all, but I feel like healthy. I feel at peace. I feel more balanced. Exactly. Yeah, and I I think um, just to go back to your question a little bit from from that is like we we want to always honor like where we're at, and it's like our whole structure. Like we have seasons. I grew up in New England, right? And then I moved to California where there wasn't really seasons. But in New England, it was like, you know, winter for your bleed is like hibernation, tuning in, eating really warm, fatty foods. Like, and everything is structured, right? Nature is so powerful and so smart. And we try to defy it as much as we can. <laughs> you know, like we try to control it because we, d- we can't really make sense of it. Hmm. And I think that's really something to for everyone to start looking at is like eating seasonally is going to support you. 
like honoring the seasons when it's cold and rainy outside, like you probably don't need to be training for a marathon that day. Like just really trusting that your body needs what it's telling you it needs and trusting the season important you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This might be a <laughs> really big question, but how do our feminine and masculine energies become wounded in the first place? Yeah, this is a loaded topic, but I would say looking at the dynamics of your family, Mm -hmm. right? Of your mom and dad or or of the other major relationships that you saw growing up is how you learned to love Mm -hmm. and how you learned to accept love. And the mother-father wound runs really deep for a lot of people. And I know when I started really this in the past, like two years, I really started looking at mine and I was wondering why, like I was calling in partners who were like inconsistent and like big partiers, even though I'm not anymore and um, talked a big game, right? But didn't really have integrity. And I'm like, I love my father and I I love how he mostly showed up for me in my adult life. But as a kid, there was a lot of chaos, a lot of inconsistency. And that was my comfort zone, right? So we want to often look at like, even though it's not comfortable, that's what we know. And there was a lot of unpredictability and inconsistencies and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like, this makes so much sense. Like, I'm calling in my dad. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to look at, right? Because I love this man and I honor him and he's not perfect. And then I started more looking at like, what did I learn from my mom about love? And what did I learn from my mom about how she showed up for me like when I was crying or when I got hurt or uh, when I needed her? And she like was a perfectionist a lot. So it was like, let's show that we're fine. Meanwhile, the whole house is on fire behind me, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you start to really look at what you were taught about love and what you were taught about relationships and what you were taught about how to show up in the world, you can see that you might still be playing that out in a lot of different ways, but it's it can be very subtle too. Like this happened to me about a year and a half ago because I, I do this work, but I'm not perfect. I'm still human, right? And I still call in lessons and still call in things that aren't aligned and um and uh, there was this gentleman who came into my life and everything like he met all like preferences mm-hmm. looks like the d talked a good game all stuff had similar alignment of vision of like marriage kids but was so inconsistent with his communication mm-hmm. and i was like oh it'll get better if i'm more mm-hmm. if i'm consistent he'll match me <laughs> it'll get better it'll get better it'll get better right this potential yeah. thing and i'm like it never got better and then he was like hey i just like want to be friends and i was like i'm that's not what i'm looking for I have plenty of friends like i'm not available for a friend yeah and i shut that down right and then this new opportunity recently opened up to me about someone who feels so much more alive well i actually have a first date with somebody after this <laughs> so, yeah right perfect so Really looking, and it's it's the hardest wounds to look at is your mother and father and how they impact you. Yeah. But it's the most healing because you learned your patterns from somewhere. And 
chances are it's the most prominent women in your life that helps show you what the feminine looks like and the most prominent men in your life that should help to show you what the masculine looks like. Um, or like I said, those are both energies. So my mom showed up in her masculine in some wild ways and my dad was in touch with his feminine in some not so safe ways either. So that's where I would start of looking at all this is, yeah, like what does, what do, what have the relationships that you've seen taught you so far about what it should look like? Mm-hmm. And then really digest, like navigating, well, is this serving me to, to believe that? And usually it's not. So then you get to reprogram a little bit through somatics and self-pleasure practices. I've healed a lot of my father wound through self-pleasure, which sounds so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And I don't have, I mean, there's no like molestation or rape or anything in my past, thankfully. But like you heal a lot through your sexual energy. And I've helped, it's helped me to process a lot of stuff around father stuff because mm-hmm. I've attracted in these partners. We're playing out the same exact pattern and I didn't realize it until about, I'd say like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And since like healing that and having really deep conversations with my dad, not about like how he impacted me, but just, you know, loving on him and, and, and telling him like, you know, I'm really seeing like the way that this showed up, like really hurt me and, this is part of owning my truth around, you know, being a woman. And um, it's really helped me to call in more masculinely, uh, more healthy masculine pastor mm-hmm. by really dealing that with him. Yeah. Um, I would love for you to talk about in the last couple of minutes we have here, just I know you're really big on uh, speaking your tr- truth. And expressing your voice as a way, as one of the many ways to start uh, healing your feminine energy, masculine energy. Can you speak to that about speaking your truth around what you need, what you desire? Um, Or I know you recently had kind of a sticky situation where you spoke your truth about something that didn't sit well with you that someone Mm. said. Yeah. So this is a lifelong journey, almost, or like a journey that I've been devoted to truth for the past, I would say, like a year. And in that practice, uh, especially with men, because I found that my go-to is to be the cool girl, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to ruffle any feathers, and I'm super cool, and I just go with the flow, and I don't need anything, and I have no standards and I take whatever comes my way and I'm fluid and fun and flirty. And <laughs> that got me here. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to channel her in a different way. So uh, to be fun and flirty and in my feminine. But also one of the takeaways I got from my ex was you teach people how to treat you. And if I'm not teaching people how to treat me, they're going to treat me however they feel is okay. And this actually, I've had a, I had a big lesson with speaking my truth. And recently I have this good guy friend that I like to, I love to hang out with. And sometimes he makes comments that can be really hurtful. And the other day it was a comment of, um, we were walking his dogs and he said, 
he said something. I was like, oh, I don't remember what staircase is yours. Like, and he's like, follow the dogs. And he's like, one of the dogs was a female dog. And he said, um, you're not the, he goes, that's something about stupid bitch. And was like, oh, that wasn't directed toward the dog. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I literally was like in shock. Cause I'm like, like, we don't have, you know, there was never been like this, like issues with them. Yeah. And I remember I went straight to cool girl and I was like, I like shoved him a little bit. I was like, don't say that. Like, that's not cool. And then I started to get angry mm-hmm. and I was like, what the, f-? like, I literally was like, I was like, that was not cool. I need you to take that. And he was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, that didn't feel right. Right. So we go on the rest of the night and the next, even like at midnight, I'm like, this doesn't feel good. Like I need to say something. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, the next morning, I said, he's like, oh, it was fun last night. Like, thanks for hanging. And I was like, yeah, it was fun. And I deserve respect and I deserve to be valued. And it didn't feel that way with the comment that you made. It made me feel really uneasy. And I don't treat you like that. And I don't, I will, I will not allow you to treat me. And then he came back and he was, I 100% agree with you. I feel like, um, I'm sorry. That's like not wasn't not my intention. And we actually saw him again last night, and we had this conversation about it. And it was like, he was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm really sorry that that happened, but I want to thank you for sh- like letting me know that that's not okay. Because what happens a lot of times is if we're not the person to step up and say, hey, this isn't right, or hey, this is the impact that you've had on me based on your behavior, then we they keep doing it. And then they wonder why they're getting ghosted by women on dates or while they like why friends aren't talking to them. Or because a lot of people aren't willing to say the thing. Yeah. Right. But I think the differentiation and I re- I speak my truth like seven times this week. I've had really hard conversations with friends and men and whatever. But um I always share from a place of I, mm-hmm. right? So I felt like this when this happened. I'm not like, fuck you, you did something wrong, grow the fuck up, you know? Like, I'm not like blaming them or shaming them or putting them in a place to be defensive. Yeah. I'm like, hey, it made me feel really uneasy when you made this comment. This is how I want to be treated. Are you available for that? Because if you're not, then I'm going to step away, right? So sharing your truth has a lot to do with your boundaries too. Because now my boundary is if that happens again, I'm not available for friendship with you, Mm -hmm. right? And that is like allowing me to walk away if this happens again. Yeah. And so in in the realm of truth, it's like when something hits you, in a way that doesn't feel good. Sometimes we need time to like take a step back. Like, am I, you know, am I triggered because of a prior wound? Am I triggered because like this actually was wrong? You know, sometimes we need processing time before we can come back and like really speak from a place of of non-victim and of like owning that this is how it impacted me and and allowing for conversation around it. Because yeah. I think we're, we're in a society that is so easy to cancel people when they fuck up. Mm-hmm. And it's not allowing anyone to actually have conversation. And 
this has been a practice for me that's been so powerful because I used to be the one to cancel. You fucked me over, done, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I don't want that because I want deep connections. And in order to have deep connections, you have to be vulnerable. And in order to be vulnerable, you have to be in contact. Love that. Um, I want to give you some time to talk about how people can work with you if they are feeling like, oh, I really resonated with all those things she said about this is the wounded feminine. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can people get in your so, world? Yeah. The best way to find me is on Instagram right now. That's like where I'm most active, uh, which is Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, period, J-E-A-N, period, Titus, uh, T-I-T-U-S. And I also have a website, CourtneyTitus.com. It's under construction right now as I'm shifting from focusing on health into uh, more intimacy and dating things. Um, if you're local to Austin, be on the lookout. I do host, I'm starting to host dating events and like master classes in person for men and women to connect who are also into development. Uh, I offer one-on-one coaching and I'm putting together a group program right now for women and it's called Tuned In and Turned On. If you follow my Instagram, you'll see when it will be launching. Amazing. I got like goosebumps when you <laughs> said the name of that program. I'm so excited for more women to be in tune and turned on with their bodies and meeting more and like calling in more healthy men and more healthy uh-huh. couples. Like, yes, please. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much for listening. If you desire to continue this journey and learn more about your body, I invite you to follow our Instagram page at woo.ology. Please help get this information to more people who menstruate by sharing this podcast on your social media and tagging us. I greatly appreciate you. Have a peaceful week.